You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. I fear for this place. Everyone's got a theory how it started. About Castle Rock's original sin. Was it the Puritans who settled here? Or was it the mills where we grew rich by scraping God's earth until it bled? Was that when he turned his back on this town? Whenever it began, whoever's sin we're paying for we're trapped in a cycle that stretches back centuries. There's blood in every backyard, inside every house. People say, it wasn't me, it was this place. And the thing is, they're right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Castle Rock Critical. Uh, we're a brand new uh, podcast covering Hulu's Castle Rock, which is very exciting. Um, we are part of a podcast family um, called Fan Critical, and we do other shows like Game of Thrones, Westworld, all of that sort of thing. And we are very, very excited to be covering this what I think sounds like an extremely interesting show. Mm. Um, so today I'm joined by uh, John. John, Hi, say hello to everybody. Hi, everybody. Uh, so, uh, John... <laughs> sound like Dr. Nick there, you, Yeah, you do. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Hi, yeah. everybody. Um, John is, uh, John's been with us uh, for since we began podcasting. Um, and uh, recently, you just finished up hosting our Westworld podcast, didn't oh, you, mate? Right now, I can have a drink and relax. You can relax for a change. And the, the reins... I'm taking over the reins. My name is Len. Uh I hosted our Game of Thrones coverage as well as our Marvel movie coverage <clears throat> and all of that sort of stuff. And uh, also joined by our our Walking Dead host. Um, she's been having a lot of time off in the off season because Walking Dead is finished and has got extremely bad. So Emma, <laughs> uh, I want to uh, say hi to you. Say hi to everybody. Hi everyone. It's nice to be here. It's nice to be here. Yeah. Now, yeah. You, how's Walking Dead? How's that shaping up? So you know, I uh, I still love it in my own way. Yeah. Fond. Can't wait for season nine. Uh, yeah, I mean, we're, we're debating about, but yeah, just miss hosting. Just yeah, being in charge. well, don't worry, you can have but a lot, this, lot to I say am, on here. Uh, I am thrilled to be podcasting on Castle Rock. <laughs> no sound, I cannot sound no, I, more excited. I genuinely, I genuinely can't wait for this this season. It's going to be wait. fantastic. I'm really excited. Yeah, so you know, we, we've been doing this podcasting thing for a while now, um, and this to us ticks a lot of the boxes the reasons why we want to cover this show um Stephen King novels number one straight off the bat mm-hmm. grew up reading them 
uh, grew up watching a lot of adaptations and there are a lot of adaptations of Stephen King out there. Some, yeah. some very good and some literally awful. Um, <laughs> but I think that we really do believe in the creative behind this um behind this show and and jj abrams is, is exec producing and his bad robot company are are bringing this show to to life um and just the concept of having the the <laughs> having the multiverse of, of stephen king explored which is something that has been talked about loads and loads in the dark tower series you know you had elements of hearing you know how this world is all connected and yeah. it's going to be fascinating to see that realized <clears throat> in a tv show and, and let's face it you know there's not that many good horror type thriller shows out anymore i mean no, definitely not american horror story which sounds like it's, this this show is going to follow a, a similar pattern yeah. in terms of its seasons so the way that horror story worked is that you had murder house season one and then you had the madhouse season two and then you had like the, like the circus season five or whatever and there was always a different sort of um collection of characters and different stories <clears throat> and i and from what we gather from the interviews uh by by the creatives behind the show and and what people are saying is that the elements that are going to stay consistent are the town of Castle Rock itself yeah. um, and the characters are going to be interchangeable season to season, which is actually a very interesting concept. So we're mm. going to see different perspectives within Castle Rock. <laughs> um, John, why are you excited to, uh, to cover this show? Okay, so uh, as a kid, one of my favourite TV shows... Yeah, go on. A TV show called Eerie Indiana. Yes. yes. What a show? Now, Eerie Indiana is a brilliant show, and they should definitely reboot it, but they won't. They but should. they have in a way, yeah. because this to me is like an adult Eerie Indiana. Yes. Good That's call. a great show. Good shout, mate. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I've done no research on this. He doesn't do any research. He just says what he wants. I don't believe in it. Yeah. Um, no, look, I think uh, they're spoiled. They're so spoiled, aren't they, with the the amount of material they can pull on for this show. Yeah, 100%. Um, I mean, we're not... Well, I'm certainly not going to list them off now, but you're talking about... Is there... Is there is there another person that is ingrained in horror as much as Stephen King? Pro- I don't probably know. not. There is no other author or or writer of horror that is so prolific as Stephen King. There are so many good stories and, like you said, rich texts for for this show to really pull on, to Mm. really sort of thread together in a way that we just haven't seen. You know, it's just amazing. It's like why we like, you know, crossover films and and, and things that we love, Avengers and stuff like that. And and this has those elements, but hopefully in a very subtle and elegant way, it's going to really thread them together. Well, look, like, I mean, it was was a massive hit a right? massive hit massive um, as, as a reboot that i mean that was huge yes um and the fact that that is just a tiny amount of what they can pull on for a tv series yeah um it they would have to be abysmal to fuck this tv show up yeah and i don't think they will because there's a lot of money behind it and there's a lot of great casting that's gone on and there's fantastic a, names behind uh, it yeah you think about jj abrams is one of my favorite producers he's he is fantastic but i remember stephen king <clears throat> as a kid for two reasons one i remember at a very early probably inappropriate age watching carrie 
Oh, yeah. Mm. The, the 1970s um, Carrie. Oh, my God, which is just an utterly yeah. fabulous film. I mean, yeah. it's terrifying, let's face it. Um, but I also, I've, I've always been a voracious reader. And I remember having, um, I think my mum had picked up a load of books from the charity shop. And we ended up with about 12 Stephen King books. And I thought, Do you know what? I've heard of Stephen King. It's going to be great. At this point, mm. I'm like nine or ten. Yeah. It's not an age you should ever let your children read no. Stephen King. Because it's fucked me up for or life. Or read at all. Just um, don't let your kids too read. Young. I remember reading like these incredible, <laughs> incredible novels, and just thinking, I mean, this guy is is amazing. And I've Freak. reread a few of them as I've got older. And actually, over the next two weeks between now, this podcast and, and the the launch of um, Castle Rock, I've mm. got a few things I want to reread and some new stuff that I'm really excited to read to give myself some grounding yeah. for the series. I yeah. cannot wait. Yeah, yeah, you are definitely going to be our as as the most avid reader out of all three of us. I think. I'm a yes. mediocre reader. Yeah. I would say, John, I've never seen you read anything. I, I gave you some comics. You read those. <laughs> you did the pictures. Like the pictures. Yeah. And, and Emma. I know what was going on there. Yeah, but... you knew what was going on, yeah. Um, <laughs> Emma's the most advanced reader. She reads all the time. She loves it more I'd than probably, TV, probably I'd say. probably read about two books a week. That's and pretty me, impressive. like, the thing about this podcast 11 years is... old plus. <laughs> yeah, most of them have Listing just your books pictures. again. No, but in all seriousness, actually, <laughs> okay. my, my favourite thing about doing this podcast, whether it's Castle Rock Critical or our parent podcast, Fan Critical, is comparing... Uh, the visual kind of TV and film adaptations to the literary basis. So I'm really excited about Castle Rock for that for that point. So yeah. I get to reread a load of amazing stuff and read some new things and give this series some grounding for for both myself, uh, the team, and, and our listeners. Yeah, that's, uh, thanks, Em. We, we're, we're definitely <coughs> going to appreciate that. I've read a, a fair few Stephen King novels in my time, and um, we actually covered It, which John uh, referenced uh, earlier on our Fan mm. Critical podcast. It was one of our... Uh, one of our first film podcasts that we did, um, and I just remember doing that and just watching. Might be one of the. It might have been the first film podcast. It's up I there. Think it might have been. Actually. It's up there. Yeah. I mean, it was. It was. It was really fun. Uh, it was a great film and a terrifying film. Uh, mm. You know, I, I've seen it since, and it doesn't scare me as much. But hey. You're never going to recreate the first time. See, wait, how terrified and sleepless I'll be by the time we first record this because I live on my own. <laughs> yeah, you do. Yeah, fuck ton of horror like and the address novels. <laughs> and I live in uh, Guildford. No, I'm I live in Castle Rock. No, joking. Um, so I'm going to read the uh, synopsis of the show uh, from Hulu, and this is this is their synopsis. So this is what they said to everyone when they did a press release. And they say what the show is going to entail. Okay, so it's a psychological horror series set in. Brilliant. <laughs> Set in the Stephen King multiverse, Castle Rock combines mythological scale and intimate character storytelling of King's best-loved works, weaving an epic saga of darkness and light played out on a few square miles of Maine woodland. The fictional main town of Castle Rock has figured prominently in King's literary career, Cujo, which John loves, mm. The Dark Half, It, and Needful Things, as well as the novella The Body and numerous short stories such as Rita Hayworth and, of course, The Shawshank Redemption, which mm. is, from, from what we've seen so far, looks to be a very prominent part of the show. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a first of its kind, they say, reimagining that explores the themes and worlds uniting the entire King canon while brushing up against some of the most iconic and beloved stories. <clears throat> so... They cover quite a lot of things there. Yeah. I think it's important to know that they're really embracing this multiverse concept, which is mm. what, you know, I think is the USP of the show. And, and they're bang on by saying it is kind of a first of its kind in terms of the Stephen King world, for sure. And a, and a TV show to to weave in all these things. I mean, if you discard all of the superhero sort of Marvel... What? <laughs> you know what it makes me think of a little bit is um, the Twilight Zone. Yeah, yeah, in a way, and I love the Twilight Zone, but it's kind of like incorporating oh, yeah. all of these mad stories in one place, and I, and I yeah. feel like it's going to take some of that theme, like themology, 
um, mm. and, and it builds something very similar but more twisted obviously yeah, yeah. Like, some of our favourite shows that we've covered we did Black Mirror for example and we love that so yeah. if, if you've seen Black Mirror go check us out on our fan critical podcast on any podcast app um, mm. um, and like you just referenced the Twilight Zone we referenced shows like The Outer Limits and stuff like that when yeah, we talked about show. those these these shorts Fantasy Island <laughs> anyone remember that one? Going Round the, round the Twist anyone? No. Um, yeah. Oh man how good is that? Uh, what a show so but uh, just, just these shows that have a quirky but yet dark stories um that as we learn in, even in black mirror spoiler warning you know it's a, it is a shared universe to an mm. extent so yeah. uh, and this idea of a shared universe is 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 fascinating and it's a bit like a kind of darker version of of pratchett's <coughs> discworld isn't it so I yeah mean, i love terry pratchett and the discworld is one of the most amazing set of books i've, I've ever read and i've not read all of them i've read maybe half a dozen but they're fantastic but they're all set in that one place and yet you can pick them up at any point and I think anything that shares a, you know, you called it a multiverse earlier. Yeah. Um, I think that's a really special, really talented thing to do. And actually, from a, a reader's perspective, I would compare Stephen King to Terry Pratchett mm. in their own in their own size. So yeah. Terry Pratchett is the king of fantasy. Let's yeah. face it. Bar maybe Neil Gaiman. Um, and and I'm Stephen a tol- King. I'm a Tolkien man. Well, but, but it's a different kind it of is, fantasy. It is. It is a different kind it of fantasy. It's very Bang different on. kind of fantasy. Bang on. Um, Tolkien is is a whole other world. Like he's above yeah, yeah, yeah. most authors ever. <clears throat> yeah. Whereas Stephen King is the king of horror. Yeah. Um, no, he, so much so, yeah. So much, yeah. And so I'm I'm so excited, as yeah. you can now tell. I might not have sounded it earlier, but now I am. <laughs> <laughs> but now you are very excited. She's had a drink. Um, so we mentioned the the fact <laughs> she's she's had more than a drink, mate. Um, <laughs> I learned one half. Joking. Um, but we mentioned earlier that it's got some fantastic uh, people behind. Uh, the show but it's mm. also got some great people who are going to be appearing in it so we referenced it and very interestingly um bill skarsgård is in this in this show which is very interesting because he played pennywise in, in andy muschetti's uh reversioning of it and he will be reprising that role for for it part two right go on is there anyone that's a part of the tv series production crew that is a part of the film crew because part of me just feels like he's doing it because oh look you I love you in that do this yeah because he can't but he can't be it in this no 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 so his that's not happening his character is described as a man who has a a strange past and we've seen from the trailer like (laughs) like like, used to be it oh I'm a clown yeah (laughs) straight I am a otherworldly being that lives in this other dimension no he's a regular guy it looks like in Shawshank from the trailers yeah uh, wrong podcast no he's in it which is interesting very interesting I think I think it's just timing I think it's just timing and it's a great casting hmm. it's because but it's a it's a tease though isn't it? It, it, it like if you're if you're a massive Stephen King fan yeah. and for the most part the vast majority of, of people that will Tune in immediately mm. without any buzz. Yeah, will be Stephen King fans that have definitely read up on the books and seen the films and seen the new it. They'll watch this and be like, "What's he doing in this?" It surely mm. that it's like a tease. They're it teasing is a tease. Is it? I mean, it's it's a a law. It's a very good <clears throat> thing to get people to watch. I think. And plus, he's a great yeah. actor. I mean, he, so, he he was. I have to say, he blew me away in that film. Like so I've not his, watched his, it, but I've heard great things. Mm. Uh, it's 
his his it. Well, you watch it after this. Is extremely powerful. Uh, no. <laughs> you but I watch have just on your had own. a. Um, I've sort of flicked through the production cast, like three or four members, and you've got people who produced on Lost. <clears throat> yeah. Or well, yeah, Dead, because, or, because it's, it's bad. Um, American yeah. Horror Story. Yeah. Like some amazing production stuff, and mm. I'll keep going and find someone from it. But, yeah. Yeah. You know. But no. So so he's in it, which is great. We've also got um, Terry O'Quinn mentioned Lost just there. Mm. Uh, famously played Lost. JJ Abrams again. JJ JJ Abrams, and he's a great actor. I have to say, Locke is one of the best characters out of uh, yeah, out of Lost, yeah. and he, and Terry O'Quinn was excellent in that show. Um, Do you narrate the trailer? He and he narrates yes. the trailer, which is this place. Um, so he has got a massive role in we believe in this season. I mean, we can't say much, you know, other than the, the, <laughs> dead the, in the first, yeah, episode. dead in the first oh, episode. Fuck. It's one of those ones, He's John. Yeah. the whole way through, to be honest. Oh, God. Could you imagine? <laughs> I'm it now. Well, I'm yeah, Cujo. I oh, this doesn't make any sense. I'm Cujo and it. Don't make me laugh. Rawr, oh. Rawr. oh, God. <laughs> that's what he does at the end of the trailer, isn't it? So that's, <laughs> that's the Easter egg. Um, so there, he's in it, which is great. You've got Scott Glenn, who was in one of my favourite uh, TV shows of, of the last couple of years, which is The Leftovers. He plays uh, Garvey Senior, which is the dad of, of the main Garvey um, character. If you Kevin Garvey, if you haven't seen The Leftovers, please check it out. One of the best shows of the last decade. Easily, it's amazing. It's a HBO production. Please check it out. It's also got Jane Levy, uh, who was in the Evil Dead remake. I don't know if you guys mm. saw that, which was which was quite good. I mean, Evil Dead is obviously a famous cult uh, horror film. Um, the remake was fine. It was I quite enjoyed it actually. I have to say, and she was also in um, Don't Breathe, and Don't Breathe is an excellent horror film or psychological thriller. Mm. Um, set in a blind man's house uh, where basically they, 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 they try to steal from him. So and, and it's creepy and it's it's very well done and, and it takes a really interesting turn. So if you haven't seen that film, please go check it out as well. That's an excellent mm. film. I think that's on Netflix right now. So, uh, and you've also got Andre Holland in there um, who was in Moonlight, um, which is obviously a phenomenal film and an Oscar winning best picture. So, well so yeah, 100%. It's an excellent, excellent film. If you haven't seen Moonlight, also go see that. Yeah. Um, so just listing off a couple of names there, I mean, the cast the cast is phenomenal. Emma wants to add another one. Well, it's one that I think you've uh, majorly missed out. The then. Carrie actress. I mean, yeah. Sissy Spacek. Sissy Spacek, yeah. yeah. Come so, on, I mean, she is... The original Carrie, how mad is that? That is mad, isn't it? And I cannot wait. I mean, she's in the trailer. Yes. Um, yeah, she, she's like really prominent. She's very, prominent, like. very prominent in the trailer. And for me, and we'll probably go into it later, but this is one of the most iconic Stephen King films for me. Um, Sissy Spacek yeah. who hasn't done anything for a long time, like nothing serious. I haven't seen her in or, anything. Like, nothing really major. So this is a big step for her because she is, I mean, she's not a... a spring chicken anymore no well yes that was 1976 i think the first 68 years old wow (laughs) well done sissy there you go she's doing well um but i think that's great it is great and you're right carrie is one of the um best Mm. uh stephen king adaptations that i can think of which leads us on nicely to our next topic of discussion before we dive into the trailers i think it'll just be quite fun to discuss what our favourite Stephen King novels are and what our favourite Stephen King adaptation is. Obviously, um, there's a lot to choose from here, guys. Mm. So I'm going to I'm gonna go to Emma first. As our resident bookworm, um, what's your favourite book, Em? 
So I mentioned it just now. Um, I, I love the adaptation in film, but my favourite Stephen King novel is is Carrie. And I, it was probably one of the first Stephen Kings I read, and I've reread it two or three times since. And um, it's just... It, it's, if you've never really read horror or like serious thriller, it's one of the most intensely disturbing pieces of fiction you could ever pick up Mm. it's beautifully written it's a relatively early Stephen King really Mm. but it is the thing that really propelled him to fame both on screen and and in fiction Um, and for me Stephen King in fiction is Carrie Mm. Um, and yeah I mean fucking great yeah I've actually never read Carrie I have to say I'm a bit ashamed to say that um, don't be because actually it's a very there's so many to choose read. from there are so many to choose from I mean it, yeah. my, I'll go with mine mine next mine mine is it um, now that is also a challenging read I have to say grim grim well, challenging I... and, and the reason I read it and, and mm. you're gonna you know I first saw you know the, the TV the TV mini film of, of it with Tim Currier as Pennywise as a very oh. very young child my parents had no filter on letting me watch horrific films I, I saw I mean, that, that film that's a no no yeah I know I, I, I was traumatised for years I fucking hilarious now yeah, yeah, hilarious so now late, oh honest. so hilarious now but I saw that when I was about nine or ten years old <laughs> Yeah, literally. I had a fear of clowns for a long time. Mind you, I saw Carrie at that age. Actually, for a woman or for a girl, that is a it's, horrific ex- film. Yeah, I think, I think for a young woman, I think that film uh, yeah, could so be probably a similar kind very, of experience. Very, yeah, very harrowing. Um, yeah. So after seeing that as a young child, I, I didn't like clowns for a very long time, uh, obviously. Oh, yeah. Tim Curry, to be fair, that, that, that mini film now when you watch it is appalling. It's awful. But, the, but, but, he but, but he is phenomenal in yeah. it. He is, he is so good. Yeah. Um, so when I got a little bit older, like my early teens, I was like, oh, I want to read it, you know, try and conquer my fears a little bit. And I read it. It's a long read, isn't it? It's long. Um, and I just remember just thinking, I, I, at that point, the only things I'd really read, uh, like in detail, was Lord of the Rings <laughs> and that sort of stuff. Mm, I, I was yeah, really yeah. into my fantasy and I still am massively into my sci-fi and fantasy stuff. Then I read it. And and, 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 and to be fair, it, it has a lot of crazy stuff that goes on in it. And I just remember reading it. There's going, really what? fucking brutal shit that goes on in that book. Oh, it's brutal, but there's also <laughs> oh, yeah. weird. There's some weird stuff, man. I mean, there's, you know. So when we were podcasting on it, so if you, if you want to listen to that, it's actually a great podcast. I started to read uh, it because I'd never read it before and I had to stop. Yeah. And that's very unusual for mm. me. Um, but the guys did an amazing job of, of podcasting on the film and, you know, taking some of that reference back yeah. where it was appropriate to do so. Yeah. Um, it, it's, but it's a great, great sexu- piece of Yeah, work. I mean, look, the sexualisation of uh, what is a, a 14-year-old girl. I know, yeah. Uh, it's worse than... It goes yeah, to dark places. It goes like, to some streets. Dark- yeah, it's dark places. How is that? I mean, that, in a way, is darker than the fucking clown. Like, Oh, Yeah. Hundred percent. I mean, so what bizarre. But actually, Len, that's really interesting because it clearly had an impact on you, film-wise, and, mm. and to go and then pick up the book, which is even worse. Yeah, I, I've um, I've got that... a very active imagination as well, but because I'd already seen the the miniseries, I felt yeah. like it was just retreading certain things. Obviously, mm. the miniseries did pretty much not really that much justice to the actual book. I mean, mm. so I much stuff. Well, the films don't touch on that at all. No, like, there's no. There's the, yeah. Okay, so like, uh, I mean, I can't remember the. The, the fucking the Tim Curry version touched on it at all. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, it didn't in the slightest. And uh, in the newest version, there's a bit where all the kids are like sitting there and and uh, what's the girl's name? Beverly. Beverly. 
So she's sitting there just like, I don't know, sunbathing or whatever, and they're all sort of like looking at her going, oh, bloody hell. It's very Stranger Things, that bit, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's a a nice thing. There were connotations, and and a slight spoiler warning for it here. We are talking about some plot points for it, but if you listen to this, I'm sure you've probably seen it because you've probably heavily invested in in Stephen King before. But there are elements of where Beverly is is sexually assaulted by her father. Yeah, that is awful, Um, yeah. So there are still elements of that in it, and there, there is that whole theme of sexuality with her she's called like a a slut throughout the film basically yeah Yeah. so there are elements not by the losers club 100% not by the losers club no but by uh the 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 bullies and 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 all that so so there's a lot in it it's it's extremely dark I mean I think the film did it it's not my favorite adaptation we'll come on to adaptations in a minute it's not my favorite adaptation but I have to say I think Andy Muschietti did a fantastic job and I think he really had a really tough job with that film and I think he, he came up trumps with it and I think he's recaptured some imagination for, for, for Stephen King. You know, there's been a couple of failed adaptations recently, namely Dark Tower for yeah. one. Mm. Um, and Massively that, slated. Yeah, I mean, it's because they just streamlined like six or seven books into one hour 30. It's just it's never going to work. Mm. Um, thank God Game of Thrones is on HBO. But um, John, your favourite Stephen King book? Uh, I've only read The Shining. And? I've never read so, it. What's it like? Well, well, look, it's. Uh, I don't. I don't think it's as good as the film, but you know what I'm like. Like, yeah, that's true. You, you, you sometimes. Having, well, actually, no, that that it, isn't true. Yeah. Yeah. Normally, I'll be like, so like, okay, so the Godfather, the book is garbage. Uh, it is. It's, um, <laughs> no, Mary no, Puzo's yeah, yeah. The Godfather is garbage. You are right. The yeah. film is stunning. Yeah, the film is. Beautiful. Um, like the characterization of of Michael Corleone is awful. Um, Shutter Island, the book is amazing. I love the book. The film yep. is rubbish. Like I quite enjoyed the film, but I do massively prefer the book. But yes, there, there, there is something in ambiguity. Yeah. That, yeah, yeah. That that will make it if you're just so blatant about it. It's like, well, you've yeah. taken away all the mystery. Yeah. Um. But look, I mean, The Shining is just an unbelievable film, isn't it? So you don't read that book thinking of Jack Nicholson. Did no. you read The Shining before you saw the film or after? The, the book. I I actually didn't see The Shining for years, mm. years. Like, and mainly because I'm not a massive. I mean, I am now, but I'm not a massive horror fan. Yeah, that's mm. true. Yeah, and riffing on that, the only horror film that I can really think that I saw as a kid um, would be like Halloween. Oh God! And the new ones coming out soon. Um, and like Child's Play. Oh, now Child's listen. Child's Play is horrific. That's, that's, that's my um, most scared thing ever. And Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. So, so, the, yeah, no. so these are films that I would... Classics. ...would have watched will. like religiously. And yeah. then mm. when you go to uh, uni and you have to, you know, read books, blech, blech. Um, you know, you you end up... So, yeah. So in, in that scenario, which is, is rare for, for someone of my age, yes. that happened. Yeah. Um, I mean, the film is unbelievable. Jack Nicholson is just fantastic. The film is better than the book. And is that your favourite adaptation? I think it's my favourite adaptation. If just was going to adaptations, I think, I think, well, the Shining is arguably right. So, but I've not read. Yeah. Um, Rita Hayworth and the Shawshank. No, and I, I have to say, I've not read those two either. I also haven't, but it's on my list. Yeah. So to to skip ahead, that film. Just the bit where he escapes from the prison. Spoiler, but yeah. Uh, that bit where he escapes from the prison is like, it's just magical. Uh, 
it is magical. I, I would get emotional thinking about it. That yeah. is filmmaking 101. Yeah. You know, the, uh, in about 90 seconds or 120 seconds of film, you've got Morgan Freeman narrating, narrating it. it. Yeah, beautiful. you got Tim Robbins that's about six foot five-ish. He's a big guy. He's a big lad. Uh, wading through, you know. Excrement free football fields of shit and he comes out and the the, the, the rain's rain. going the light is just the music swells excellent yeah and the reveal of the, the it's just so good isn't it? it's just so it's, good it's so good i have to say you're, you're, so that, like that yeah. for me it would be impossible yeah as much as i love jack nicholson in the shiny yeah and cujo little dog um <laughs> It would be impossible for me to not say Shawshank Redemption is... Yeah. I mean, it's just brilliant. Yeah, so you're going to go Shawshank. I'm going to go to Shining just because I still think it's arguably one of the greatest horror films ever. And it, and it still is. It still holds up. I, I, I think, I think I Jack... Think, Nib- I think it is yeah. the, the best. No, for me, Alien, but it's a completely different horror film. But I, I think that... Sci-fi horror, though, isn't it? It's horror. But it's a slasher. It's the first slasher film. But, uh, like, in space. But... Um, <laughs> But well, now we can hear we, you scream. We, yeah, well, we digress. But um, Jack Nicholson's performance in that film and Stanley Kubrick's directing is oh. just something of beauty. Uh, a beauty in a horrific, horrific manner. I well, mean, we're, we're massive fans of, of soundtrack and yes, music. Yes, and, we are. Right, and and the, the atmosphere that, that it creates. Just, just unbelievable. the use but of the music, the pizzicato strings and all that. Tracking shot at the beginning. Oh, it's just... Dun, in the, dun, but that actually is oh, very... It's just, it's just so good, Very man. typical of a, a Stephen King, a quality Stephen King adaptation is the score, isn't it? Yeah, 100%. I mean... And that's what gives you tension that you, you, you create in your mind when you're reading, but on film, the score gives you that tension in Yeah, horror. yeah, yeah. 100%. And, and that's yeah. just... I mean, that's one of the best parts so of it. So The Shining for me, and M, your favourite adaptation... So um, this is a really challenging one for me because um, two of my top three favourite films are Stephen King adaptations. Uh, one of them is The Shawshank Redemption. Which, I mean, this is films of all time, so yeah, I can't yeah. have that. Yeah. Um, so for me, it's got to be The Green Mile. Also very good. Which is, um, those two have always been in my top three films of all time. And things will change. John you know, Carthy. Occasionally, like, Thor Ragnarok will make it in for t- 20 minutes. Um, but no, The Green Mile is one of the most... Beautiful, spectacular, heart-rending yeah. um, films of Walk all time. The it's still terrifying. Yeah. Walk in the mile. I just Walk love the, the way. Green I just love the way you've got Shawshank Redemption, Thor Ragnarok, Green Mile, and they're interchangeable. <laughs> well, no, Doesn't Thor make Ragnarok. Any sense. I said for twenty minutes. Um, the other one, actually, <laughs> my top three is normally Shawshank, Green Mile, Conair. Also, that just isn't interchangeable. Yeah, However, Nicholas Cage at that time was on top form, yeah, so we can't argue with it. Glorious hair. No, but in um, all seriousness, two years off um, an Oscar there. Yeah. Shawshank and Green Mile are always in my top two. They are my top two films of all time. But the Green Mile for me, so is emotional. The, it's the Stephen King that really, I mean, it, it shakes you to your core. Yeah, uh, and and it's utterly different. Both to films, carry, have, but... yeah, both films have fantastic casts there as well. I mean, all three of our favorite adaptations we just listed. Shining is there. amazing. With Green Mile, you've got Tom fucking Hanks. Tom Hanks, yeah, and Michael Clark Duncan. That you know, Michael Clark Duncan is just but, a beauty of a man. Yeah, he's a, like like his performance is like well, yeah, you're right. It's, 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 a, it's a beautiful performance. Yeah, uh, it does help. He's like six foot fucking six or whatever. I think he's oh yeah, six ten. 
He's massive. No, he's not that. Um, big. But he's heart wrenchingly great in that. Um, oh, look, I, I and it, another but that's thing the same that I, yeah, I mean, I cried at that when you know. Never be afraid to admit your tears, John. Oh, look, no, like, do makes you weak. You know, when the mouse dies. And then oh, it doesn't die. Hell, that's awful, though. Mr. Jingles or whatever it is. Mr. Jingles. Is that it? And he brings it back alive. I remember, like, just, oh, I have to suck this up. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, it's, it, they're, they're all amazing. I mean, there's, there's, there's loads we could have chosen from, but that's what we've gone for. Um, I'm sure that anyone listening probably agrees with what we said there. I can't think... I, I've never met anyone that said they didn't like the Shawshank Redemption, for example. And I've never met anyone that said <laughs> they didn't appreciate, even if they don't like horror, how good The Shining is. But how yeah. good is it in the trailer... Of Castle Rock, Shawshank. that you get the shot of Shawshank. Yes, but as it goes past, you the see cup. the old like warden. Yes, well, but even and after, then there's like two others. And in, you're like, oh man, how much time has passed? In yes. one of the trailers, there's a car sinking into the water with the Shawshank uh, uh, like bumper sticker, bumper sticker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. which is great. So I and think then you get the call. I yeah, mean, so that. let's let's talk so about the, let's talk about the trailers. We're running it in the background now as we as we're talking, just so we can uh, just so we can. Uh, have a look at some of the imagery just to remind ourselves of what's what's 100% going on. But basically, as we said about the multiverse and all of these different characters Basket. intertwining. Yeah, there's John, that is Carrie. a basket. Carrie. It's Carrie, isn't it? It's Carrie, isn't it, mate? Um, you know, we're really getting a sense of this town. And, and the, the main trailer that was released was called This Place. And as we mentioned before, it was narrated by um, Terry O'Quinn's character. Yeah. I mean, Massively. you've got missing posters, which we've seen in other trailers. Which relate to it. There you go. There you go. You've yeah. got the old warden. So and John is bang Shit, on. So, have. so the old warden of Shawshank that is in the actual film is in a picture on the wall, and we can see Terry Quinn's character there. So yeah. we get a sense that maybe. Well, he he's clearly the the, the new, new warden. warden. Yeah, and we get our first look at um, as we mentioned the boy from Moonlight, Andre. Yeah. I mean, he is like he's frequently in this. Uh... Yeah, he's he's the main focus of. Yeah. We we gather from interviews and everything that he is going to be the main focus of this season, season everything one, yeah. everything else is going to be sort of things that happen around him and we also see like great shots of Shawshank and we see clearly there Bill Skarsgård if people have seen the trailer mm. yeah. of this place we see him clearly inside the walls of well, here's, Shawshank here's one for you what year do you think they're setting well if so interestingly basing it off that warden photo John if we use that as some sort of barometer for timeline yeah um, like Westworld again. God, it does feel like our Westworld podcast. Trying to figure out what time we're in. Two wardens since, since one him. blew his head off. Yeah. So, so, so I was thinking seventies. We think that this is looking likely to be late seventies, early eighties. Yeah. <clears throat> Hard to put a um, you know a finger on it. It feels very late seventies, early eighties. Yeah, it? it does. And I, I, I'm very interested about that that sort of time period. I know. Shows like Stranger Things, which I'm, I'm not saying this is anything like Stranger Things, because in a kind of like recent wow. vintage kind of way, it is, and a lot of Stephen King is set around those. And, and we've true, referenced yeah. in our Stranger Things podcast how Stephen King was a massive influence on Stranger Things, um, yeah. and and how you know it was a massive influence on Stranger Things, and how. Stranger Things was again then an influence on the new It, so mm-hmm. they they sort of riff off each other, and it, and I'm very excited mm. to uh, see what else happens. The trailers are great. Um, they really have done an amazing job as well of not giving anything away. Which uh, you know, in this day and age, with the trailers, with the, with the marketing for shows, 
even things like Game of Thrones, where they are so tight-lipped about you know what is going to happen in the season, even though there was massive script leaks. Um, yeah. the, the, tra- the trailers do get the trailers do give away usually too much, and I, and I think this is beautifully poised. Well, where, even you know, that initial trailer, which has a load of writing and it gives away loads of names and titles and places. Yeah, really teasing actually, the Stephen King. But it actually thing, gives yeah. nothing away, doesn't yeah. it? No, it's no, just no. Really, really well done. And, and that's why we're going into this show more so than any of our other coverage we're going into this completely wide-eyed um hoping and and, and watching like with everyone else we, we we have got you know previous in terms of yes we've seen a lot of <laughs> stephen king yeah, stuff we've read it. we've read a lot of stephen king books um but i have to say i'm just excited to experience a show from the off because mm. you know it's going to be great we're this is our first show that we're covering from its first episodes we have no idea what to expect yeah, that's true. And, and that is extremely exciting for us and we want to you know be there every week for you for you for you listeners for anyone interested in in the show uh, and wants to dissect it weekly we are going to mm. be there round about two days after <clears throat> every single episode airs yeah. um we're here in the uk so we will find a way to watch and um we will you know release an episode probably two days after after the show comes out in the states that's it join us on our journey join us join us on the journey and if you want to join us in an interactive way you can catch us on instagram fan underscore critical or yeah. on twitter, twitter at fan critical pod Pods, yeah so fan critical just to reference again is our parent podcast it's what we started off doing that's where all of our content lies every single thing we post lies there but we also have these subsidiary podcasts like the host of westworld if you like westworld go check that out it's was a great season of television. Um, we just finished wrapping that up. Yeah. Uh, John is very relieved because he doesn't have to make crazy about crazy <laughs> amounts of effort. notes. Um, and now we're starting our Castle Rock coverage because we think this is the ideal thing to cover in the summer. At Castle Rock Critical. At Castle Rock Critical. So if you could subscribe, that'd be amazing. Um, that'd be lovely, wouldn't it? That'd be lovely, that. would be lovely. And then you can join us Save every us week. Save us trouble. Um, yeah, so that's it, guys. We're going to release uh, in about a week from now. We're going to release. Uh, I'm going to. Well, we're going to release our It podcast. Uh, re-release it in a little packaged bundle for you, just so it's on this channel. So if you wanted to recap on that, and then the next time you hear from us will be about two or three days after the premiere of Castle Rock, the first ever episode of Castle Rock. We'll let you know our thoughts any theories or speculation which is something mm. we love to do on these podcasts Ooh. about what we think is going to happen for the rest of the <gasps> season or on other episodes maybe oh a little bit of book theory loads of book theory hopefully em. loads of it I've got two weeks I'm going to hammer the shit out of it you've read a lot of it the already you just need to you just yeah. need to read some others yeah, yeah, yeah. bit of refresh I mean you're not you're not going to be able to read the whole library but Cujo you could, yeah just, just read Cujo I'm not reading Cujo again fuck that but yeah thanks guys uh, thanks for being with me today this Cheers, will be mate. our usual crew we are going to have we have more members they might be with us we might rotate who knows who knows and uh, see you after <laughs> see you after the first episode cheers bye bye, bye. bye.
Did you know that most vitamin D3 supplements come from sheep's wool? I'm Kat, founder of Ritual. We're making traceability the new standard for the supplement industry. When I was pregnant, I couldn't find a multivitamin I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested, and clean label project certified. Oh, and our vitamin D3? It comes from sustainably harvested lichen from England, not sheep. Trace for yourself with 25% off at ritual.com slash podcast.